Welcome to the Jiu-Jitsu of Life, a weekly podcast for BJJ enthusiasts who are striving to succeed both on and off the mats. This podcast is brought to you by Robles, makers of the world's finest custom jiu-jitsu apparel. And here are your hosts on the Jiu-Jitsu of Life, Carter Fisk and Mo Siddiqui. Well, first of all, uh, let me just say that um, for our viewer out there that yeah. was wondering where, where we've been, yeah. you're in luck. I mean, we didn't think the show was going to go on. We thought it was, it, it was over. There's no one I could have gotten to replace uh, <laughs> Carter Fisk. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But somehow he pulled through. Not, not, not completely out of the woods, but a lot better than, than you were. Yeah. No, I, I, I after, uh, I was going to say, after trying, I would say pretty hard. Uh, and failing after two over two years, I finally got myself some COVID. So um, I saw <laughs> a big old bowl of COVID. Yeah, I saw I saw John Haynes this morning. He's like, he's like, man, I can't believe you're just finally now getting COVID. How is that possible? I'm like, I have no idea because I've been around it so much. Um, all of my training partners have had COVID at least once. Most of them have had it more than once. And many times they've had it within a day or two of training with me and yet didn't have it. Maybe then, you were just the carrier. Maybe. Yeah, I could be. I could be like the silent carrier. <laughs> you, were, Yeah. What do they call it? You were patient zero. I was patient zero. Yeah. I was going to <laughs> Paltrow in that, uh, that one movie. Um, and then my wife had it and she had it bad. And I, again, like nothing. And, you know, at the time I was like, well, this Wim Hof method stuff's really paying off, man. These cold showers making me immune. Um, so I was, yeah, I was just like, okay, I'm just, I'm not going to get it. I'm immune, whatever it is. And then uh, about a week and a half ago, started feeling a little, uh, a little feverish, getting a little chill. And I'm like, ah, you know, I just didn't sleep well. I just need to work out hard, and, you know, drink extra caffeine, do more work today. And that'll set the body straight. The body will be like, whoa, sorry, boss. Carry on. Didn't sleep well the next night and woke up. I'm like, ooh, I do believe that I'm sick. And, you know, just more chills, more this, more that. And by like Saturday morning, I was sick and uh, ended up in urgent care. And <laughs> um, thought I had pneumonia, blah, 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 blah. But, um, but I'm feeling better now, but it's definitely like, like I've still got this cough. It's still like lingering, still feeling it. And I just, um, I don't know. It was like, I was telling you before though, it was, it was a weirdly spiritual experience um, because I'm so used to taking care of everything. And, you know, I was just taking care of my dog, got all these issues with my mom to take care of pretty soon. Um, just different stuff with work, different stuff with this, different stuff with that. Um, so to have like a couple days where I felt like I was being taken care of instead of taking care, instead of taking care of things was weird because it's so against my nature to accept help in general. I just don't like that. Um, but I was sick enough that it was like, I just kind of had to, um, I felt like that was good for me ultimately. Um, plus it was also fun to see what all the hype is about because it's like man everyone's been talking about this covid it's like now i get to see what this COVID well, let me get a slice of that get a little slice of that COVID. yeah so, well let me ask you this do you get a flu shot every year no 
Okay, well, I do get I, I do get the flu shot every year, and I don't know if it's I think I need to use first principle thinking on that. I just usually get it because I've always gotten it kind of deal. And it's like oh, I've always gotten the flu shot since I was younger. Because um, my follow up question is, will you get the booster every year? No, yeah. I'm definitely like to me it's I, I think that because um, my understanding of the booster is that it just it kind of literally like it says gives you a little boost for a short amount of time, and if you're like so okay, my mom is getting a booster. Like I'm, in sh I'm sure about that. Um, you know, if I was in a position where I was more high risk, I probably would. But the way I look at it, it's like now I've got the ultimate combination because I've been vaccinated and now I'll have natural immunity as well. So I'm like, yeah, this is what I wanted. <laughs> Let um, me ask you this. Do you think that you've, this is maybe not the first time you've had COVID that maybe you've had it another time, but it was more mild. I think so. I mean, I think I had it. Um, cause my wife went to a bunch of different conferences in Los Angeles and Vegas in january of 2020 when they know they now know like it was already in the us and already circulating around and she got really sick with a lot of covid like symptoms and i got sick right after she got sick with like kind of the same stuff kind of how i felt not i felt worse this time but but similar enough that i ended up going to the doctor then and i remember he joked he's like we well, haven't been to china have you i'm like no he's like okay well it's probably some sort of virus type thing and that was that was the end of it. And a couple of days later, I felt pretty good. Um, so I think I, it's quite possible I had it then. And then, like I said, I mean, like literally I've been with training with people and then the next day they have COVID and I'm like, so it, like you said, maybe I'm the one giving it to them. <laughs> maybe I've been the great spreader, um, <laughs> but for sure I've been around it and I have not worn a mask since they stopped the mask mandate almost a year ago. Um, and I've been training the whole time. And I'm like, you know, to me, I, I just, I, I have not been cautious at all on those things. So um, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, I think, and that's the thing, that's one thing that I think they've learned is that like, there's a huge number of people that are asymptomatic. So whatever number that they think have actually had it is probably two or three fold short of what the actual number is. So I think it's quite possible. I'm sure you've probably had it too. So maybe you gave it to me. That's <laughs> uh, a lovely so, redirect. All these great like spread events have in common. I saw Moby before. That's right. Oh, <laughs> man. Well, I, hey, I am glad you are feeling better because we can uh, <coughs> resume these conversations that I value so much. And uh, we always seem to record some of our best stuff before we actually start recording. Yeah. And uh, right before we started recording, we were having another. <laughs> We were having uh, another philosophical and spiritual talk about uh, about you almost dying and, and, and now that you're alive and, and how you just view the world different, man. Every every second of life is so much more sweeter. Um, but, you know, we're going to use some more first principle thinking and we're going to question Jocko. We're going to question Jocko. Does yeah. discipline really equal freedom? Yeah. Yeah. Because, well, I mean. So it's interesting because you and I were talking about in the context of of working out. So I have always been terrible at following any sort of program. Like I've been buying workout programs since I was like 18 years old. And I've pretty much worked out consistently since I was 18. So I'm about to turn 48. So we're going on 30 years of of working out, but I've I've never been good at being consistent. And I've done almost everything. The only thing I haven't really done is Olympic lifting, but I've done like powerlifting stuff, kettlebells, CrossFit type stuff, clubs, calisthenics, bodybuilding. Blah, blah, blah. I've done every type of workout type of thing. 
And, but I've just never been good at following a program. And it's like one of those things that the more you read about people that are putting out programs, the more they, they put that gentle shaming pressure. They're like, well, bro, the reason you're not getting progress, you haven't followed a program. I mean, you're just, you're just blindly just doing things in the dark. You don't know what you're doing. You're walking in, you're just throwing a weight around, you're jumping around, counting. How some much pre- of that is true? And how much of that is just a sales tactic? Well, I'm the easiest sell in the world because as soon as they do that, I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. Oh my God, they're right. I am just spazzing out and jumping around and throwing and like, but then I think about it and I'm like, and then I, cause then I'm like, oh, well I should buy their thing. And then I buy their thing. I'm like, oh, okay. I feel like I've seen versions of this before. Maybe I do sort of know what I'm doing a little bit. Um, so, but yeah, a lot of it is, is good sales tactics. Um, <clears throat> but it's, it's really, um, I think most of that kind of the fitness industry in general is, is sort of predicated upon trying to make you feel like you don't know anything. So you have to be reliant on someone else to, to get you fit, quote unquote. Um, which I guess would be, I, I don't know, because I'm I'm actually, as much as I'm a total sucker for that stuff, I'm actually not really the right audience because I am in shape. I am healthy. I've always been healthy. Like I've ever, never not been. So I'm not really who they should be targeting, but I'm such a sucker that I read it and I'm like, oh, maybe they are talking about me. I do need to follow a program. Um, but that- Do you think, that, do you think it's more, not really that, you need a program, but more about maybe this could take you to another level. That I mean, I guess that's a way of saying it. And that and then it becomes like, well, what is the goal? You know what I mean? Because it's like, um, because I start feeling like all this like weird internal pressure about not doing what somebody who I've never met has told me through the internet that I should do. And I start feeling like this pressure about not following a program. I'm like, I should. I should be following a program, man. Why am I not following a program? I can't stick to anything. Like I, I go through these whole sort of shame spirals on these things, but you're right without ever really thinking about, well, what is the actual goal? Um, because, you know, is a program going to allow me to, to realize more potential or, or kind of whatever you want to say? Um, and I think, again, it's just sort of depends on what the goal is, but for a long time, um, I kept thinking that I just wasn't disciplined because I'm like, well, I'm not disciplined. I'm not able to follow a program, but, but I've been working out consistently, but what the, what I've been doing has not been consistent And is that good or is that bad? Because my mind is like, uh, like from the, the peer pressure of the internet, I'm always like, oh, it's bad. It's bad. I, I really should be, I'm, I'm like spinning my wheels. It's bad. But then I think about it and I'm like, why do I think that? Um, I Or I guess more to the way that you and I have been talking lately, do I actually think that? And that's that's the question because ironically enough, Jocko himself, when I hear him talk about his workout stuff, he's just like, I just have like sort of a basic idea of what I'm going to do. And then I just kind of decide what I'm going to do that day. And I'm like, man, I wish I could be okay with that. Like, why do I not, why do I not feel the freedom, like we were just saying, to, to be okay with that? Because I'm always like, now I should be doing this, or I should be doing that. Is it that. because maybe you don't have confidence in yourself? Like, you feel like maybe you're just making up something. Maybe. And you don't know whether or not this is really going to, you know, improve your life. But then what we were talking about before, 
uh, we started recording was that, I mean, life's pretty good. You, you're a pretty healthy person. You've yeah. been doing jujitsu for 20 Almost years. Seven years. Yeah, Almost 27 seven. years. So, like, I mean, you must be doing something right. That's the thing that's so funny is because I, I sit there and I, I think about it like from, from jujitsu is another great thing because you and I were talking about like there is the inherent need to, you know, when the sun's out, make hay while the sun's shining, right? Like when you feel good, train hard. And we were just talking about this a couple of weeks ago and we're like, ah, we're probably making a mistake. And it's like, I'm like, oh, and then I got COVID two days later. See, I should have done. And it's like, I always berate myself for like training too hard when I can. I'm like, oh, then I get hurt and I'm never consistent and blah, blah, blah. And then I'm like, I've been doing it for almost 27 years. Like how much more consistent do I need to be? Like, okay, I'm not doing five days a week, but okay, that's unrealistic. That is silly to think about it that way unless I'm on steroids and I have no other and I job. I think that's a very good point. And it's something that um, philosophers have talked about. Like there's different forms of things. And I think there are different forms of discipline. Yeah. So yeah. It, it really becomes a matter of how do you, how is a person defining discipline? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think the other realistic thing is um, a big part about discipline, I think, really is knowing yourself and knowing what your limitations are and working around that rather than this idea of like, oh, if I'm so disciplined, I won't have these limitations anymore because that to me sets people up for failure because you have like this unrealistic workout, let's just say, because I've done this before where I'm like, okay, now is the day I'm doing this program. And I look at it, I'm like, oh, that's a lot of volume. I don't tend to do well with a lot of, no, bro, you're just not being disciplined. And then I'll do the thing and I'll be like, Dude, now my shoulder feels like screwed. Like I've done too much. Like, and and, and now I'll, I'll not be able to do anything for a couple of weeks or whatever it is. And it's like, well, was it because I wasn't disciplined enough, or was it that I wasn't honest enough with myself to know, like, dude, you've been working out for a long time. You kind of know what you can and can't do. This is something you that you cannot do. That's okay. Like you literally didn't even know this existed until you read about it. Now you like so so it doesn't matter. Um, and I try and tell, like, I'm pretty good at giving this advice to other people. I'm just not good at taking it myself. And like an example I would I would say with other people is that like, you know, Jeff and I were talking and Jeff's like, I feel like I need to do like this whatever exercise. But every time I do it, I feel like I hurt myself more than it helps me. I feel like it's, it causes more structural damage than structural benefit. And I'm just like, all right, so just don't do it. He's like, yo, but I'm, I should. I'm like, well, why? He's like, well, because it's good for this, this, and this. I'm like, well, maybe for other people, but not for you. It's, it's, it's causing you damage. And he's like, okay. It's almost like he needs permission for me, you know, to not do it. And now it's been like a month. And dude, Jeff is doing well. He's like, dude, I feel great. Like, I feel like better. Than, and I watched him wrestle with this 24-year-old kid a couple weeks ago from standing. He's doing like fireman's carries. He's doing all this stuff I haven't seen Jeff do in years and like moving like super well. And it's like this weird thing of like, you you almost need permission to not do something that's hurting you because somewhere along the way you heard that you're supposed to do it. That's it. And that and really is first principle thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's like, so I think that I don't know if I necessarily, well, you know, it, maybe it is a form of discipline to the discipline of, of, of really knowing yourself 
and not falling into what you think discipline is because that's the version of what it is for somebody else. Right. I, I, yes, exactly. I think it's, I think it can be disciplined if you're consistently doing something, but that's not necessarily the same thing everybody else is doing. Yes. Yes. Cause to, to me, it's just like, um, <coughs> there are days where like, I, I think that if part of it for me is just learning to have faith in my ability to overall get done what needs to be done, but not know going into it, what order it's going to be. And, you know, you were talking about um, Jay Rodriguez, um, Nikki's brother, who just won the Abu Dhabi trials on the West Coast, which if people have not watched this, I think it's probably the best tournament of all time. I mean, definitely. The, the yeah, this is matches that, that, that thing was were so insane. The brackets were so enormous. I think Keith Krikorian, who I don't know if he's related to Kurt Krikorian, but man, they're no, names. No, I, I thought so the same thing. And, and I think the spelling of the last name is different. Yeah. So he, I think there was 250 people in his bracket or something insane like that. That's crazy. And he had competed for that like three different times and got to the finals three different times and lost. So this one, he finally won. But with, with um, J-Rod, he was talking about how he doesn't have a plan going in. It's like he's got sort of ideas on certain things but it's not like i have to get here or i have to get to this vision or i have to do that because the problem is is you start getting tunnel vision correct and when you start getting tunnel vision the problem is is you're you're ignoring all the other opportunities that might be there and sometimes as an entrepreneur if you don't you're, you don't have somebody else making up your schedule and so there might be an opportunity to do something like during the day that might seem like it's against your schedule, but it might be a great opportunity. It's almost like the discipline is to be aware of whatever opportunity is most prevalent there at that moment. Yes, because if you, that's right, because discipline used in the wrong way can cause you to miss opportunity. Yeah, because that's the thing. It's like, where is it? Like, because you're so focused on this is the way it has to be done. Yes. Because to me, it's like then it's it's like a matter of like, when are you just being sort of foolhardy or hard headed or however you want to say it and doing something? Because like, let's say like, you know, you decided, OK, I'm going to do like whatever exercise and it's really like hurting you, not like muscle hurt, but like you know joint hurting you. And then it's like, well, but I'm supposed to do this many. So I'm just going to I'm just going to ride it out or stick it through or whatever, because that's what David Goggins would do. And like, <laughs> like, when is that being? just being stupid because it's like it's almost like you're not having the discipline to realize that you're off course or that this is not the best plan of attack for you at this moment um but it's like no i'm just doing this by the book and that becomes a tricky thing because that that sort of in, involves having a certain amount of intuition it involves gaining a certain amount of experience and then having the confidence to act on that experience and that can be for me, that can be scary because it's like when you read a program, it's like sort of like, well, we've got this all mapped out. But I think that the reality is maybe you only have a program in hindsight. Does that make sense? It does make sense because it doesn't take into account. You bring up David Goggins and yeah. people don't take into account that people are built differently. Yes. Mentally, physically, spiritually. So. Yeah. Not everybody is going to perform the same way, doing the same tasks. 
Yes. And so what we were talking about earlier, it's it's a matter of finding out what works for you at that moment, because yes. even then what works for you today won't necessarily work for you tomorrow because your body's changing, your mind is changing, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, we get older and yeah. we have to adapt to the situation. So I think you can, it, it's how are you being disciplined? Are you being disciplined by saying, well, when I was 20, I was, I was benching 500. And when I'm 60, I'm going to be benching 500. Yeah. Or is discipline just a matter of saying, look, I don't know what I'm going to be doing when I'm 60, but I know I'm going to be doing something. So, yes. Yeah. And it's funny, actually, I had a long talk with uh, Colby about this today. We were talking about baseball because, you know, Colby was a, a college pitcher and he was a good pitcher. Like he was top 10 um, for what I was, wasn't top five, like Mo for boxing. Oh, come on. Um, but, uh, <laughs> now we're just being you know, hurtful. You know, I mean, we, we all know that baseball is a harder sport <laughs> than boxing, right? Um, but he, he said that all of his roommates ended up playing Major League Baseball. And his issue was that sort of the school he came from uh, in high school was like you you pitch hard, you pitch the whole game and you suck it up and you pitch two games later. And it was like this thing. By the time he was midway through college, he was so his arm was so damaged that he would pitch. He had to teach himself how to write with his right hand because after a game of pitching, he couldn't write the next day, couldn't lift his arm up the next day. And by the time he was done, he was so happy that he was done because he's like, I'm just mentally finished with the sport. I'm through my last pitch. I'm so glad it's my last pitch. And when you see people that succeed, there are so many different things that go into it. And I think one of the things is that you were sort of alluding to before is that durability is such an important thing. And that is a natural gift from God that is not acknowledged nearly enough. Because you talk you talk about something like David Goggins, you know, the guy who ran like a hundred miles with Noah training and people are like, Oh, it's so badass. It's just all mental. I'm like, no, it's partly mental. Don't get me wrong. But this idea of, Oh, anyone could do it. No, they couldn't. Like he was not anyone. First of all, he was like, people are like, make it out. Like he was just like this. Cause he's like, Oh, I was just spraying bugs and blah, blah. I was like, first of all, you were already in the military. You already grew up in a very disciplined household. Cause I read your book, David Goggins. I'm on to you, buddy. You already grew up in a very disciplined household. You were already an athlete. Um, you got out of shape for a little while, but not even that. He was more like a power lifter. So he was just big to be strong. Um, and then this ability to run hundred mile races and stuff like that. Most people can't do that. Their bodies will just break down. Um, Jocko was another example of somebody who, you know, he's getting five hours of sleep. He's working out every day with weights. He's surfing, he's doing jujitsu. Um, and he's like built, he's a big mesomorph type of guy. That is a lot of genetics. And it's not to disparage it. It's not to say to not give it credit, but you have to understand that like guys like you and me that are more thinly built or something that the idea that we're going to take on that kind of volume of work and be able to do it, we're just not. We're just not. And that is, I think, part of the discipline is understanding like, okay, if I try to replicate this, I will simply get hurt and get sick until my body just shuts down and then I won't be able to do anything. That's or I, what I've been saying since elementary, every PE class. I yeah, tell my coach. Exactly. <laughs> if I get out there on the field. <laughs> sure, I don't want to embarrass you and I don't want to embarrass me. So I'm just going to go sit on that bench right now. There you go. Um, but it's, but I think that's part of the discipline because then you still can go 
much further that way. But it's knowing that like, okay, I'm just not this kind of guy. And we talked about programs and I was telling you about, I've got different buddies who I, I showed my one buddy this, like the very first day I went and trained at Beverly Hills Jiu-Jitsu Club, which is not as snotty as it sounds, but years ago there was a guy named Ethan Milius who was the head instructor. Ethan is the son of John Milius, the film director, the guy who did Conan the Barbarian and all that. So um, <clears throat> I would say Ethan was my first real Jiu-Jitsu instructor. And the first day he put us through this warm up and he did this crazy ab routine. And it was like, man, I couldn't even get through that damn thing. And so I, I kept working at it and finally I could get through the whole thing. And I, I showed it to a buddy of mine um, around that time. And he did that routine for like the next 10 years. Every time he'd go to the gym, he did that to, to the point where he's like, oh man, I'm still doing your routine. I'm like, what, what routine is that? He's like, oh, that whole ab thing. I'm like, holy crap, I don't even remember that thing. So no, I still do it every time. Like there are guys that they're, they have the ability to do the same thing over and over again. When you listen to Lex Friedman, he talks about drilling and judo. He's like, there's nothing I love more than drilling the same throw 5,000 times. He's like, I just find a Zen place for it. And there's people that are going to try and do that. And maybe they'll get through it. Maybe they won't. But there's a lot of people that are going to do that like 20 times and be like, I'm not doing this another 4,980 times. It's just not happening. And there's the idea of, oh, God, well, you'll just never be a champion. It's like, yeah, that's not true. Because there's tons of people that are champions in all forms of grappling that do no drilling at all. They'll do this, they'll do that. They'll find a substitute for something, like because they're they have confidence and they know themselves. Or it's like, oh, if I'm not willing to do this, then I'll never be that. I don't know if that's discipline, because that I think that's that's sort of deciding that things have to be a certain way because that's how it is for somebody else. In fact, I would say, Mo, that is not disciplined. I would say that is lazy thinking. So maybe discipline does. Absolutely. We have to. It's not first. And that's exactly what they talk about with first principle thinking yeah. is that uh, people don't use it because it's mentally easier just to do the same thing over and over again, because that's what everybody else is doing. Yeah. It's the way it's always been done. And it's easier just not to question it, to really take a step back and ask yourself, is this really the best way to do it? Is this really going to get me the results that I want? Yeah. And I think when it comes to things like jujitsu, I think it, when it comes to anything, business, life, jujitsu, it's not even asking, <clears throat> is this the best way to do it? It's really asking, is this the best way to do it for me right now? Yes. Yeah. Cause it's funny, man. I mean, like you'll see, um, you know, you get on the YouTubes and you'll see like the Andrew Wiltsies of the world is like, I drilled this thing 10,000 times. till my fingers bled. And like, you'll see this person do like, there's literally so many different ways of people that are successful at the highest level of doing something. And a lot of times those ways are polar opposites. I mean, like I, I think about jujitsu, like I don't think I've ever, there's a few people I've trained with over the years that are like big drillers, but almost most of my main guys that I've trained with forever are not big drillers at all. They'll do positional stuff, situations. So they're not killers. But, but they're absolutely killed. And that's the thing that's fun. I mean, like I, I, you know, I mean, there's no rhyme. It doesn't, it doesn't have the cool thrillers and killers rhyme, but, um, but I will, you know, <laughs> I'll see somebody talk about how you have to do this or you have to drill. And yet a lot of the people I train with don't drill at all. Um, or at least they don't drill in jujitsu. Like you'll drill a lot of stand up, you, you know, shadow boxing and, and things like that. You'll drill a lot of that maybe drill a lot of wrestling, but, but in terms of on the ground, 
a lot of times they won't drill at all and yet they're super good so it's like um i don't know like that that's the thing i think that like fine because it's I, I guess this would be the sort of question or maybe this is the core of it let's say you're the kind of person who's going to respond better to not drilling to like more conceptual or positional work or whatever you're more the kit dale type instead of the the andrew wilsey type um the real discipline is acknowledging which type you are because there's some guys where they they i hear them say it they're like i i want to turn my brain off i don't want to think i just want to react well maybe those are the kind of guys that need to drill because you don't want to think you just want to react there's other people the more the kit dale idea is that I want to exercise my brain so that my decision-making process and my reading of the possibilities is faster and faster and faster. So that when I'm in a situation I've never been in before, I can read everything, boom, and act. Like, so for them, they want their mind to not just be on, to be so finely tuned, so quick that it figures out a solution right then and there, even if it's a unique situation. So for them, it's like, okay, you probably don't want to drill because you don't want your mind to turn off because you, you drill a situation. Well, now the situation has changed a little bit. So by the Wiltsy model, you'd have to drill the next situation 10,000 times. So it's, I don't know. I think that. No, I, I, absolutely. And yeah. it's, it's, that's so interesting because if you're the person that sees astronomical results by doing the same thing over and over again, yeah. then that's the type of discipline that you need in your life. Yes. But if you're the Kit Dell type, it's almost the type of discipline you need is not to get sucked into believing yes. that you have to follow this yes. particular regiment. Yeah, because he actually talked about it. He said he went to Atos in San Diego um, to train for like the world championships. And he's like, all we did was drill. And he's like, I swear I got worse. He's like, because we just drilled stuff like things that I don't necessarily use or things, whatever. And my mind was not engaged and my mind was not problem solving and so by the time it came to the tournament it was almost like my mind was was out of shape you know what i mean like i was in physically in good shape but it's like i felt like i got worse doing that so that's i don't know that's that to me is is the real discipline i guess is to know which type you are and be okay with that which i'm still not i'm still thinking about my workout tomorrow being like I've only been sticking with this thing for like less than a week and now I want to change things up. And then you put the COVID factor in. I'm like, well, if I do too much, I'm going to get sicker. But if I don't do not, Reed was saying I was looking too skinny. I need to lift because I need to put on some more stuff. Like it's, this is all the stuff that goes on in my head. And part of me is like, man, I wish that I would just have confidence and it wouldn't be worried. But I'm like, at the same time, I'm getting close to 50. I'm still in pretty good shape. It's still a priority. It's still passion. So if part of that is expressed in me being neurotic about it or obsessive about it, maybe that's part of my discipline. I don't know. Maybe it's because it's like one of those things at a certain point I have to be like, well, I can't say this has been unsuccessful because I think it's been successful. So if this is part of it, this is part of it. You that's know right. I mean? And it comes back to prescribing to things. I think sometimes we think that we're not being successful because we're looking at it through the lens of other people. Like what are they doing to be successful? And if you're not doing exactly that, then you must be doing something wrong. Right. Yeah. And it's, that's, I mean, 
I don't know. It, it's yeah, I, I think it's I guess and I, I'm trying to think about how to sort of tie sum this up. I think that this is where having a circle of people that you trust and respect is really important because um, like I'll take this in a training point of view. You know, I was at Reed's today and there was like six people training that are all like just spectacular martial artists from, you know, great strikers, great at everything, great wrestlers, great jujitsu people, like just really, really good at a lot of different things. And there was just a huge exchanging of ideas and, and talking about range and striking. And then we were talking about fights. And it reminded me of Stand By Me when they're talking about who would win in a fight, like Mighty Man, like Superman or Mighty Mouse or whatever. Oh, yes, yes, I'm like, yes. this is all the things that guys talk about. Because it's like instead, like, you know, now we're quote unquote adults and we're talking about, well, we saw Kams at fight. He took a lot of damage. I think if he fought Usman, this would like it's like this, you know, getting all excited about who would win in this fight. Um, and kind of watching the way these guys work and watching the way they problem solve. It's like they spar a little bit and it is the idea of deliberate practice. And then something happens. Ooh, ooh let's stop there for a sec. Okay. This was here because this, this, and this, and, and you're, you're creating space, but you're not attacking as they fill it up. And like, that's such a good lesson for any type of combat. It's the idea of when you create space, you want there to be some sort of consequence when that person enters the space again. It's like that's you're setting the trap door, you're closing the trap door, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and watching how these guys do it versus like they're not doing tons of drills, they're not to, doing tons of things. They're doing a live situation, seeing what happens in that situation. And it might be totally different the next time because now, okay, oh, I've got to be worried about the space. Okay, I'm doing this. Oh, now the guy's rushing in, or now this is happening. So now it's creating this opportunity. So now we'll deliberately protect, practice this moment. And just whatever it is, it is, and having faith in that'll be what we end up working on today versus today we're doing this, tomorrow right. we're doing this. Right, and so that's, what if the discipline is, look, we don't know what we're going to work on today, but we do know that all of us are going to show up and be here today. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's, I think that's it, and I think that's, um, I think that's good. I think I'm okay with that. But it's it's different than a lot of times the way discipline is sold. I think maybe because it is being sold for for various reasons. Um, so I think discipline does equal freedom, but I think you have to be careful about how one defines discipline because discipline requires first order thinking in order to define for oneself. Boom. Mic drop. I don't know where I'm at right now. That's, that was the next <laughs> level. If you want to re-listen to this podcast, uh, this episode, or check out our past episodes, go to Apple iTunes. Also check us out on the Jiu-Jitsu of Life. Shout out to Robles, makers of the world's finest custom Jiu-Jitsu apparel. Nobody can be you better than you. Be authentic, Robles. Also check out Yellow Pine Investments. We make custom geese. They make custom warehouses. Check out Kalem Kalista, Sneaky Submissions. Uh, check out Steve Hordensky, Jiu-Jitsu on the go. And if you're in the Austin area, check out Chaparral Moving. I'm Mo. That is my brother, Carter Fisk. And as always, we wish you guys nothing but the best, both on and off the map. Thanks for listening, guys. Thank you, guys. <coughs> That's it for this episode of the Jiu-Jitsu of Life. Your hosts are Carter Fisk and Mo Siddiqui. This podcast is brought to you by Rulebliss, makers of the world's finest custom jiu-jitsu apparel. You can subscribe to the Rulebliss newsletter to get the exclusive content at rulebliss.com. 
You can find more episodes of this show on our website at thejujitsuoflife.com. And you can subscribe to us at Apple Podcasts. Thank you for listening, and we wish you a great week, both on and off the mat. <laughs>